What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Geniuses podcast, of course, brought to you by No Hat Sports and sponsored by Brew Mats. It puts the brew in the mat. Today, I'm jo- <laughs> Today I'm joined by uh, Mike Flack, as well as West Coast Wit, as Gabe likes to call him. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about our top five rookie rankings for quarterbacks as well as wide receivers. So we're going to go in reverse order. These are fantasy rankings. Going to go in reverse order for QBs. I'll start off. Uh, at number five, I got Mac Jones. And, you know, throughout this whole draft process, I've been talking up Mac Jones a lot to all my friends and stuff. But the reality of it is, is that Mac Jones has – the lowest ceiling for fantasy out of any of these quarterbacks. And that's just simply because he can't run the ball. He's also a little bit limited as a passer. He doesn't have the best arm strength. You know, if he ends up on the 49ers, you're going to have to bump him up a little bit, but otherwise I think he's a pretty limited option. What, what do you guys think? Who do you have at number five? You go first, Mike. I've got, um, Trey Lance, mainly just because I don't see him starting this year. So for me, I might have to reevaluate, obviously, at the end of the season. But as far as rookie year goes, I don't really see him being a day one starter in the NFL. I kind of touched that on that Sunday. Um, I think whether he goes to San Francisco or um, maybe Denver, he might be a team that – or, a, you know, be on a team that he's going to have to sit for a season. Yeah, I agree. Uh I'd love to see Lance go to SF. Denver would be great. Maybe Carolina, maybe uh, New England, but definitely for uh, redraft fantasy purposes, I'd probably put him behind Mac this year. Just depends on, you know, how many games he starts. What about you, Wood? Um, I'm pretty very close between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson for five. Um, and the reason is because, for one, I'm just not that high on, on Zach Wilson, but also, he's, like, slotted in for the Jets. And I just feel like long-term and next year, I'm not, I'm not exactly excited about that. I, at least with Mac Jones, if he goes to the Niners, like, you know, there's some intrigue there. Maybe, maybe he catches some fire the first year. But I just feel like it's going to be a tough, tough sled for Zach Wilson uh, first year. So, Yeah, I agree. Jets is probably the worst landing spot. Actually, it is the worst landing spot for any of the rookie QBs. But at least he's likely to start. So, yeah, you know, maybe by default he'll be above other guys. Yeah, I mean, they got uh, Tevin Coleman at RB1 right now, the new coaching staff. <laughs> Things are a bit shaky. And uh, East Rutherford. Locking it down. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't forget the, the PPR god, Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder is a decent slot receiver, you know. Yeah, because he gets like 20 targets a game, or he got 20 targets a game from Sam Darnold. Yeah. Well, I mean, with Corey Davis and, you know, the what's the other guy, number 11? Mims. Uh, yeah, with Mims, too. I mean, there's some promise there, but it's like, you know, he, they got to prove it first. You know? Yeah, I'll be interested to see uh, if they grab a running back with their, like, 23rd overall pick. That, that would be interesting. Uh, For fantasy, I think it'd be interesting. Oh, man, I don't like that. It wouldn't be a smart choice, but you never know with that organization. Anyways, moving on. For me, like you said, at number four, uh, you got Zach Wilson. That's my number four as well. 
I'm a little bit worried about the landing spot. And I also think, uh, you know, he was a bit of a one-year wonder in college. I know he battled some injuries freshman, sophomore year. But you really only saw him dominate one year, and that was against weaker defenses because he does play for BYU. So I'm just a little bit skeptical about him, although I do realize he has a, a nice ceiling with that arm strength. He's got a little bit of mobility. So what do you guys think about Zach Wilson? I, I got to agree. I, I feel like his competition level in college, you can't knock Trey Lance for – his competition level and then begin to praise Zach Wilson. Um, he does have good upside, but like y'all have said, you know, that going to the New York Jets would be the worst possible situation for any rookie quarterback. I wouldn't see, I mean, even if like fields or somehow Trevor Lawrence went to the New York Jets, I, I still wouldn't be like really high on them as like far as like their rookie stats would be. Um, I feel like he's one of those guys, too, that is going to be pushed into starting when he really might benefit from sitting a year. He has a lot of arm talent. I know he's kind of gotten some comparisons to Pat Mahomes in terms of arm strength, but even Pat Mahomes had to sit a year because his his mechanics weren't what they are coming into the league. So, Zach Wilson, you're number four as well, Mike. Mike, you there? Yeah, what? I said, is Zach Wilson your number four as well? Yeah, I, I would definitely have Zach Wilson at number four, um, mainly just because the Jets are not going to surround him with enough to be fantasy relevant. All right, so sounds like we all got Zach Wilson at number four, huh? Interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Five for me. Oh, you got him at five. So you have Mac Jones at number Close. four? Close, yeah. Okay. Just to be different, yeah. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. I'll, put, for, I'll, I'll say for my four, you know, just because Mac Jones, his landing spot, that's that's the reason. I mean, I, I feel like if he goes – if he slides all the way to the Pats, though, then then we have a real, a real problem, I feel like, for fantasy purposes. Yeah, uh, so – I don't see him starting or playing well on the Pats first year. Um, I, I would agree with that. So you think uh, Mac Jones is going to the Niners? Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's smart, but I'm, I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like what I'm hearing is that Kyle Shanahan just, just wants him, and that's been the plan all along, even though the other scouts in the department don't like him as much and they want Mike Lance. Uh, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm just having a hard time believing they traded all those picks away to – go up and get Mac Jones. Uh, but when there's smoke, there's fire, you know. You see, you've seen guys like Adam Schefter and, and Ian Rappaport talking about them taking Mac Jones for a month now. So I guess that's happening. How would I mean, you feel I just, about uh, Mac Jones on the Broncos? Oh, man. Oh, Drew Locke's getting – he's getting stat, man. <laughs> But that's less about Mac Jones and more about Drew Locke. Uh, I, I mean, I'd like that. I mean, pair him back with Jerry Judy, you know, got some promise. Yeah. All right, moving on to my number three. I got Trey Lance at number three. I love that rushing upside. I love the arm strength. He's obviously really raw right now. He only played one season in D2 football. So he does need to sit a year. 
I believe, or at least, you know, maybe half a season. And I think if he does end up on the 49ers or the Falcons or maybe, you know, the Patriots, they have the right setup to let him sit for a while and develop. So I like the ceiling that Trey Lance brings, but you got to recognize that he does have some bust potential. I'd say probably more bust potential than Wilson or Jones. Who do you guys have at three? Number three for me, I, I would have Mac Jones, mainly just because of his landing spot. I feel like he will be on the Niners or maybe the Broncos worst case. Um, in one of those situations, he's being surrounded with, if he goes to San Francisco, he's on a roster that was two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance and honestly should have won if it weren't for Shanahan pulling the same thing he did in uh, Super Bowl when he was offense coordinator with the Falcons. Uh, Witt, sorry for bringing that up. Uh, but, Thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, like Debo, IU, George Kittle, you've got pretty much a four-headed monster at running back now with Wayne Gallman being there. I just feel like he doesn't have to do much to be fantasy relevant. I'm not, I'm not expecting him to be top five or top ten QB, but he'd definitely be a solid play in like a two-quarterback lead. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with Mac. I think he's a safe pick. What about you, Witt? Who's your number three? I got Lance at three. Um, I'm very close with him and, and Fields long-term, but I feel like short-term, I, I think – so if he goes to the Niners, I think he's going to sit. If he goes to the Falcons, I think he's going to sit. Um, and Carolina, I think, is in that mix too. So I, and I think that's just best for him. Um, but rushing upside, um, arm strength, um, as far as his ability to actually process on the field, from what I've heard, it's pretty good. It's just the accuracy that needs to improve. Um, so, you know, give him time, see if he can work on that. I've told, I've mentioned this to Michael before, but if Josh Allen can improve it, I'm sure Trey Lance could. Yeah. Lance is tantalizing, especially, you know, in dynasty leagues, you can get him like mid to late first round right now. So you got to love that, especially with that, uh, that rushing floor he brings you for sure. Oh, yeah. So getting into the, uh, the hottest take of the night, my number two is Trevor Lawrence. And the people are going to hate this, but, you know, the difference between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields for me is that I believe Justin Fields is going to be asked to run the ball a lot more than Lawrence. I know Lawrence is a good athlete, but Fields is going to be getting those designed runs. I don't care what team he's on as long as it's not the Jets. I think when you're, when you're talking about fantasy football, you want a guy that's running the ball, a quarterback, and that's what Fields is going to bring to the table. And I don't think his passing ability is that far off from Lawrence. So I have to bump him down any based off that. So what do you guys think about that rankings, and who do you have at number two? Nick, I, you said it was a hot take, but I, I agree with you here. I feel like um, this is very similar to when Andrew Luck and RG3 are rookies. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback, in my opinion. But like you said, Justin Fields is going to be asked to run the ball a lot more. I feel like him sliding a little bit in the draft will put him on an offense that is a little more competent. I know Jacksonville kind of brought it. They brought in Marvin Jones to have LaVisca Chenault. DJ Chark, but I mean, if Fields somehow dropped to like Denver or one of those later teams that already have some pieces, that would be 
incredible for his fantasy upside. And like you said, he's not far off from Lawrence. I mean, he's a great quarterback, and you saw that in the college football playoff semifinal. He made some throws that were right on the money, and it's something that you want to see out of a you know a quarterback prospect. So yeah, I've got I've got uh, Trevor Lawrence at number two, and Fields will go number one for me. Love that. What about you, Wood? Do you agree with the hot takes? Are you sold on T Law at QB one? I don't think it's preposterous, um, but for, especially for fantasy football. Um, but I, to me, it's, it, I'd take Justin Fields, too. Um, reason mainly being because, you know, and he's way over nitpicked for this. Um, I mean, look, as a prospect, he has great accuracy. He can run. He's got a strong arm. He's at a big-time program, puts up the stats, checks all the boxes from that point. I think the only thing in, that's getting way overanalyzed is this few bag bad games and yeah they were legitimately pretty bad like he kind of reminded me of J- of Jameis Winston in the game against Northwestern like where he had the throw where he was literally falling down and chunked chunked it up into the air like that's a little concerning for me but I feel like it's way overblown like he's a college quarterback like he can fix that I you know I guess I'm not sold that he's gonna be like for sure a star but I feel like it his seal is like floor is still pretty good like so i kind of i've kind of heard the comparison of jay cutler for him with wheels it as like a floor and i you know that's not too bad you know yeah hey jay Bears. cutler's jay cutler's a hall of famer in my book so i would love <laughs> to see that yeah i mean especially if we see fields end up somehow on the 49ers panthers or broncos i mean you gotta love him there and I feel like there's a legit case to have him above Lawrence for sure. So, anyways, uh, uh, I wanted ahead. to ask, uh, what do y'all think of him of uh, Fields on the Pats? Because that's gaining some steam for sure. They would greatly mess up if they allowed Bill Belichick to get Justin Fields. Um, hopefully, there's a team that's smart enough to take him before the Pats can trade up. Because I just don't think the Pats really have the pieces right now to, like, trade up that far. I feel like they can get maybe close to the top ten. But, gosh, if that happens, I mean, you can mark the – well, I mean, I don't know. Bills are kind of good now. I mean, it'll definitely be a battle in the AFC East. But if you can just let the Pats re-up like that, it's going to be a little scary. Yeah, I wouldn't love that spot for Fields just because – I'm starting to question the genius of Bill Belichick, especially with like the money he spent this off season on like Nelson Aguilar and signing Johnny Smith to like the fattest contract in tight end history and then signing Hunter Henry like an hour later. None of this is making sense to me. And uh, I just much rather see fields on like the Panthers or the Broncos, even like the Reds, the Washington football team or, I don't know, the Bears. Cincinnati Reds? <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds, yeah. I wouldn't hate that either. You know, those baseball <laughs> players always turn into good QBs, so. Oh, yeah. Good point. All right, well, there you have it. Top five rankings from, uh, from me, Witt, and Mike Flack. And with that, we're going to move on to the top five receiver rankings for fantasy football. And, uh, Witt, how about you kick it off with your number five? 
Give me one second to check out the list. Okay. Um, this is really, really difficult for me to get number five. Um, I'm pretty close between Tony, Elijah Moore, and Terrace Marshall. Um, I'm going to go with mm, Tony just because I feel like he's going to be taken the highest. Um, I feel like he has the – he almost kind of reminds me of Percy Harvin. I hate comparisons that are like to, to the same school, um, but he's got a lot of electricity. Um, I feel like he makes a lot of good catches. Uh, it, he's got what, six foot, 190s? Got some good size too. So he's an electric yeah. player. I think he's someone who could go late first. Yeah, I could see him going late first. Um, I feel like recently in the mock drafts I've looked at, he kind of slides out of there and you see guys like, Elijah Moore kind of slotting into the places where he was getting mocked to, but we'll see how it turns out. Maybe there's a team that likes Tony. Uh, what about you, Mike? Who's your number five? My number five, I'm going to have to go with Rondale Moore, um, mainly just because I've seen a lot of him going to the New Orleans Saints at the end of the first. And I feel like he, I, I've seen a lot of the comparisons with him and Darren Sproles where he's a playmaker. If you can just get him the ball in space, he's going to succeed. I know the injuries are a bit of concern, but if he were to go to a team like New Orleans or even Green Bay where, you know, they'll use him the correct way, I could see him putting up some pretty good fantasy stats his, his rookie year. Yeah, I, I really hope Rondale gets the first-round draft capital. That would be exciting. Uh, anyways, at my number five, uh, another slightly controversial take. I have Devontae Smith. Um, and I know he's like pretty much a lock to go, I'd say top 12 in the draft. Uh, but here's the thing, Devontae Smith, uh, while he did dominate, you know, last year, obviously he won the Heisman. He didn't really do much before that. Uh, you know, he had a good junior year competing against, uh, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, but you didn't see him really break out until he was almost 21 years old and, you know, I'm a big stats guy, analytics guy. The breakout age correlates highly with the, with the fantasy success of a wide receiver. So, you know, some people would say putting him at five is disrespectful. Honestly, I'm being generous. Uh, I'd love to see him on the, uh, on the Dolphins, though. I, I hope he ends up there. I wouldn't hate the Giants either. Well, I would push back a little that he broke out, unfortunately, national championship game against Georgia with the winning catch from Tua. Um, so <laughs> that was pretty early on in his career. I don't know, but I get what you mean. So you want to uh, move on to your number four, Whitman? Yeah, let's go. I'd say I got Rashad Bateman four. Um, I feel like one thing I've heard that's been emphasized that really isn't talked much about him um, is that this past season was not very good for him, but 2019 was awesome. Um, but people don't realize that he had COVID to start this year and that he lost 20 pounds from it before. And so he played the whole year just like sluggish and not the same. Um, I feel like by the time, you know, next season comes around, he's going to be fully healthy and be kind of more the guy you got from 2019. Um, so I could see him going like probably second, high second round or late first. Uh, he's intriguing. Yeah, I love Bateman. Uh, 
I've been seeing them mocked to the Bears at 20 and sometimes to the Ravens at 27, which I wouldn't love. But, you know, as long as he goes first round, early second, you got to love that, especially for fantasy. I mean, what I got to agree with you. I'm going to go Bateman at four as well. Um, like you said, he didn't have a great year this year, but it was still enough to kind of remain in that, you know, mid to late first, maybe early second range that you kind of saw at the beginning of the season or after his 2019 year. What you see from him is just playmaker. That's what these teams want. And I feel like with uh, with him coming back fully healthy this year, he'll he'll make an impact day one on, on whatever NFL team he is. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Bateman. I feel like he's – Arguably, after Chase, uh, maybe the safest receiver in the draft in terms of fantasy. Uh, you know, I admit, that. he was playing at Minnesota. You know, that's a tough division in college football going up against Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Illinois, Michigan every year, putting up numbers. So you can't deny the talent there. Uh, for my number four, I'm going to go back to Rondale Moore um, from Purdue. I know he's 5'7", but I call him the Ant-Man because, you know, even though he's short, he's extremely powerful. As a true freshman at Purdue in the Big Ten, over 2,000 all-purpose yards. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Imagine doing that at 18 years old and only 13 games. I mean, you can't deny this guy is just a freaking specimen, especially if you see him on the Saints or the Packers or – you know, like another good spot where he can just slide into the slot on day one. I think you could have a a guy that's, you know, brings similar upside to a, a Tyreek Hill. And I know you hear that a lot for, for guys like Rondale and Jalen Waddle, but but Rondale is just a different animal. He's one of the players who, like, I don't have him in my top five, but I really, really want to. It's like Ah, I feel like he'd just be so awesome if he was actually good in the NFL. So I hope I hope a team picks him and actually uses him right. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about him just because I feel like he does need some manufactured touches. Because uh, I just looked at his uh, yards per reception in college. It's first percentile. It's 9.4 yards per reception. Uh, so basically he was catching like every single pass within five yards of the line of scrimmage. So uh, as long as he's in an offense that makes sure that they get him the ball, he's going to be a freaking beast. Yeah. I mean, that offense at Purdue literally like made him the offense. Like they, yeah. they stepped in as a freshman. They're like, yeah, this guy, he needs the ball every play. So <laughs> that's, you know, that's not a bad sign in itself. Put him on the saints. Let Jameis just check it down to him every time. Love to see it. Make it happen. All right. So uh, that puts us at number three, right? So who you yeah. got with? I got Devontae number three. Um, I mean, the resume speaks for itself. You know, he's, he's really damn good. I mean, look, I, I would say I have him at number three and not like number one because, you know, the size thing is a little concerning to the point where at least it's like, well, you, you know, you wonder if he's really going to be able to, you know, when he faces the tougher corners like Jalen Ramsey, you know, the tough guys who are really physical. Um, yeah. He hasn't seen like that consistent level in college. And 
although he's done well against press in college, it's like, well, you know, it's hard to project him to be at that level until he proves it. So I feel, I feel like, like really confident he's going to be a good NFL player, but it's, you know, for me, I'm hesitant to assume he's going to be like a star. So that's what I think. I completely agree. The, the size is a bit concerning, although I think it's a little bit overstated. I mean, if you think about guys at that size that have been successful in the NFL, really the only example is Deshaun Jackson, who was a freaking beast when he was healthy. But like you said, I think Devontae doesn't really bring that elite upside that we would want in like a top 10 wide receiver. But I think he should be really solid for fantasy throughout his career. What do you think, Mike? I've got, yeah, I've got Devontae at three as well. Um, like you said, the size is a little bit overplayed, but I think it will be a little bit of a factor, at least his rookie year. Another thing that people kind of overlook is that he's not going to be able to get Alabama open in the NFL where he's, you know, got no one within 20 yards. The NFL's physical. It's fast. Like, these cornerbacks are going to be able to keep up with him. So I don't think he's going to get a lot of these wide open looks that he did at Alabama. However, I mean, he is very talented, and it depends on the landing spot. I, I've kind of seen some of him going to the Chargers, and, you know, if he were to go there with Justin Herbert, set him up with a good established young quarterback, I feel like he'd be relevant in fantasy for a while. But, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of hard to deny his talent, you know, and put him at number three. Yeah. I'd love to see Devontae on the Chargers, but I just don't see him falling that far. Uh, I feel like maybe the Lions or the Giants, possibly the Eagles, would be the most realistic spot. I'm hoping to see uh, Jalen Waddle on the Chargers, though. Yeah, oh, I want that, too. <laughs> yeah, I thought about I mean, that. <laughs> I've, heard the, I've heard the Cardinals are trying to move up to get Waddle because they're in love with him, but that, that would be a good spot, too. Uh, anyways, moving on, my number three is Elijah Moore, the receiver from Ole Miss. And this guy is just freaking dominated last year. People don't realize that he actually had more yards per game than Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman. And even as an 18-year-old freshman, stepped onto the field, playing behind DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown, still put up almost 50 yards per game. I mean, he just got better every year. And now you're starting to hear first-round buzz for him going to, like, the Packers or the Saints or maybe even the Titans. Those would just be perfect spots for him. And, you know, you can line him up inside, line him up outside. He's going to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. Um, you know, he – getting to watch a couple SEC games this year, he obviously stands out. And, you know, coming in from a line of DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown – I feel like he is – he could be an impact starter, you know, obviously if he goes to Green Bay or some of these teams that are a little bit thin at receiver. Um, I would love to see the Titans too, um, especially because Corey Davis is gone. But, but yeah, Eli Moore is incredible. He can make a lot of really tough catches. Um, and at his speed, I feel like, you know, maybe he's not going to be a top perimeter guy, but, like – you don't have to be in the NFL at this point. So he, he feels very safe to me. Yeah, I think he's one of the safer guys. I've seen a lot of uh, comparisons for him to Tyler Lockett, which I like a lot. 
So uh, I'll be really interested to see where Elijah Moore goes. Moving on, Whitman, you're number two. I am a big Jalen Waddle fan. Um, I feel like, you know, I can't put him over Jamar Chase, but, man, he's I, – I, I want to use a different term than electric, but I feel like I don't see a lot of guys with his kind of change of direction, uh, uh, not just long speed, but his ability to, like, get the ball and just completely go somewhere else. I feel like he's – crazy good um I mean obviously you have concerns because it's like well he wasn't exactly used a whole bunch until his final year where he got hurt um but like you know I feel like he made plays throughout his career um outside of his speed he makes a lot of impressive catches um he's not a guy who like like he goes up and makes catches like he's a physical receiver like he's a big body guy um and I feel like there aren't a lot of small guys who do that which yeah, again, Tyreek Hill comparisons, but Tyreek does that too. And so if you can get someone like that, I feel like that's, that's helpful. Yeah, I mean, I love Jalen Waddle. Um, unfortunately, I can't find a spot for him in my top five, and I feel like I'll probably end up regretting that. The only reason for that is that I just didn't really see him produce in college. I know he was going off last year until the ankle injury, but even before that, you know, if he couldn't compete with, you know, Henry Ruggs and, and Jerry Judy, who were, you know, Judy was a good prospect. Henry Ruggs, in my opinion, is one of the most overdrafted players of all time. If he couldn't yeah. compete with those guys, uh, I just don't really see, you know, how he's going to be great in the NFL. I'll probably be proven wrong, but I guess we'll figure out in a year. If you want a really good NFL comparison, the one that I found was Isaac Bruce from the Rams from the late 90s. Same exact type and weight, super fast, makes great catches. Go watch some of him, then maybe that'll inspire y'all. <laughs> I'll check him out. Yeah, I mean, I've got I got Waddle too as well. He, I've seen. I'm kind of thinking more of just like their potential landing spots. I've seen a lot of him to the Giants. He kind of did benefit almost from getting injured because now he's not uh, going to some of these teams that are quarterback needy. Um, I like him in Miami. I like him in New York. New York would be great because there's already an established receiver there and Kenny Galladay to where it's not just him being expected to make all these big plays. And then, you know, in Miami, he could line up in the slot. You've got Will Fuller taking the top off the defense. You've got Devontae Parker kind of making these contested catches. Maybe not all the attention will be um, on him. My main concern with that, though, is just Tua. I mean, I guess you could say about the same in New York with Daniel Jones. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think he's a great prospect. I saw there are some Tyreek Hill comparisons. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll play well despite his uh, lack of production, I guess, if you could say that at Alabama. Yeah, uh, I'll probably have to move him up to uh, my top five. Uh, depending on the landing spot, like I said, if he's on the Chargers or the Cardinals, I just can't resist. So uh, this, I think Waddle's like, you know, other than Jamar Chase, I think he's like got the highest upside out of any of these receivers. Moving on, uh, my number two, uh, y'all mentioned him earlier. I'm going with Rashad Bateman here. Uh, I just think, you know, his production every year of college was great. Even when he returned from COVID in 2020, he was still decent. Uh, 
you know, he, he tested a little bit smaller than we'd have hoped at, uh, at his pro day, came in at six feet, 190, but he's still super athletic uh, and he's going to get probably first round draft capital. So to me, he doesn't bring, you know, the top five or top 10 upside that you hope for, but he's uh, arguably the safest receiver in the entire draft. He'll get that weight back. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in him too. Yeah. Full off season and everything, training camp, he'll, he'll get right before the season starts for sure. All right, so we finally made it, number one. And I think we might all have the same guy here. So, Whitman, I'll let you lead the way. I've got 2-2 two, two at well. No, I'm kidding. Um, Jamar Chase is my number one. Um, Look, I want to say it before we all get to, but he literally torched, like, several good NFL cornerbacks last year and just made him look stupid. Um, and, and including A.J. Terrell, who plays played really well for the Falcons last year, probably was the best rookie corner, and just made – I mean, they made him – they, made, they um, made everyone question if A.J. Terrell would even go in the first round just because of that game. Um, so – Look, Jamar Chase is a beast. I really hope he and Burrow get paired up again, um, even if the Bengals may not want to do that. But I feel like that would be fun. I'm starting to feel like uh, Chase to the Bengals is going to become reality. I mean, every day you look at the Vegas odds, you look at the mock drafts, it just seems like the probability of Chase going number five is getting higher by the minute. And I would love to see that. You know, even if they do neglect the uh, offensive line with that pick, they could circle back in the early second or maybe trade up into the late first and get another quality guy at O-line. So I would love to see that. What are your thoughts on Chase, Mike? I mean, I've got him at number one. I think a lot of people forgot how good Jamar Chase really is with him opting out of this season. He is a monster. And, I mean, Justin Jefferson put up great stats in college as well. Jamar Chase – made him an afterthought pretty much. If if Jamar Chase was in last year's draft, he would have been, you know, obviously the clear-cut number one receiver there too. But he's he's got it all. He's big. He's fast. He's very physical, can make contested catches. As much as I don't want to see uh, him go to the Bengals with uh, T. Higgins um, there, you know, to pair him up with Joe Burrow again would be great for both sides, I think. He'd be in an offense that, it's already a little more established and you have a, a good quarterback there. And for Joe Burrow, he gets his number one guy back. So, yeah, I've, I, I don't really know how anyone else could say that he is an, the number one receiver in this class. Yeah, I agree. He's a clear number one. And, uh, you know, I think it's a part of the Bengals master plan. After 2021, they're going to fire Zach Taylor and bring in Joe Brady as the head coach. And they'll just have the whole offense reunited. Probably trade for Clyde. Uh, we'll see how it works out, but I'm pretty sure that's the plan. I got Chase at number one as well. Uh, to me, you know, Chase, the analytics and the film line up. When I run the numbers on him, he comes in as like a similar prospect. I know this sounds crazy, but similar to like Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, AJ Green. I literally think this guy is maybe the best wide receiver prospect in the last decade. Uh, I think he's going to be an absolute beast in fantasy. I see multiple top 10 finishes in his future. Uh, 
draft Jamar Chase. I'd take him over any of the running backs in this class. I'll say that. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. Uh, a good comparison I've seen. It's not perfect, but D-Hop is kind of similar. I mean, just super physical guys who run great routes, have really good speed, even though it's not, if it's not like Jalen Waddle speed, you know, they've, yeah. they've got that. I like that comparison. That's a good one. I've seen Odell as well. Odell, Julio. He yeah. he's kinda got the size of Julio. He's like six two, six three. Um but I've I've seen, you know, numerous, you know, superstars being compared to Jamar Chase. So Yeah, so there you have it. That's our uh, top five receiver rankings. Of course there's a lot of good receivers in this class. There's some guys we couldn't mention, you know, Harris Marshall, you got uh Amon Ross, St. Brown, Seth Williams out of Auburn, Yami Brown out of UNC. Who am I forgetting? Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. Uh, yeah. He's kind of – it could be a late second, early third guy. Yeah, that's a guy I could see uh, kind of being a dark horse. Oh, also uh, Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State could be a solid mm-hmm. receiver as well. So definitely keep, a, keep an eye on those guys and your uh, – in your dynasty drafts, you know, late second, maybe into the third round, you could grab some of those guys. So uh, that, that'll do it for today. There's our uh, top five QB and wide receiver rookie rankings for the 2021 draft class. Uh, thanks for listening to the No Hat, uh, the Fantasy Football Geniuses podcast brought to you by No Hat. And we'll see you again next time. Adios.